Welcome to the Family Life Church Podcast. We hope you're blessed and encouraged to share this with someone you know. Subscribe or visit thefamilylife.org for more information. For a few moments this morning, out of the word of the Lord, I'd like to speak to you on this subject, triumph. Will somebody say it back at me? Triumph. Say it one more time. Triumph. Hallelujah. You may be seated. The most natural and most enthusiastic tokens of exultation are to be used in view of the victories of the Lord our God and his universal reign. Clap your hands, O ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. I don't know for certain when that psalm of David, Psalm 47, verse 1, was written. It could have first been penned when he returned from one of his many victories because, as you know, David never lost a physical battle. Or it could have been penned when they were bringing in the Ark of the Covenant from the house of Obed-Edom. But one thing is very clear, that the present sovereignty of God and his perfect power over every circumstance and over every situation, David, in thinking about it, said that we ought to give him praise that is exuberant. In reflection of the fact that Jesus has power over everything and he has ultimate and unshakable triumph already secured, we are supposed to appropriately respond with exuberant adoration. Let me remind you today That our God has never failed. Hallelujah. Isaiah said that his train fills the temple. The train of the king represented every victory that he had ever won. Every time that a king in, in those times would win a victory, they would enlongen his train because they would write and inscribe upon his train the victories that he had accomplished. And Isaiah said, I saw him seated high on the throne all by himself, unshaken by what's going on in the world, unshaken by your circumstances, unshaken and unmoved, hallelujah, by the way and the darkness of the things around. And it says, and on top of that, his train filled the temple. I'm telling you this morning that Jesus never fails. He sits enthroned, unchallenged in his sovereignty, with perfect knowledge and absolute power and absolute authority. His way is perfect. His promises are secure. In short, Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. Reflecting on this fact, David says, 
clap. Thinking about this fact, David says, shout, hallelujah. I know it's 10 a.m., but I wish you would start it with me just today. He says, when I think of the goodness of God, the songwriter said, and all that he's done for me. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Come on, somebody. The scripture says that everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. Praise him according to his wonderful goodness. Praise him according to his perfect power. Praise him. Praise him in the sanctuary. Praise him in the streets. Praise him on the high sounding cymbals. Praise him with the string instruments. Let everything that hath breath praise. Now that scripture is wonderful. Psalm 150. I didn't give it to you, but it's wonderful because he said, praise him according to his excellent goodness. Not according to how you feel. Not according to what you're going through, but according to how great he is. How great is your God. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. Okay, he's about a hallelujah, amen, great. Okay, that's fine. But it said praise him according to how great he is. It occurs to me that the more of a perspective that we have of God's magnificence, the more that we will be engaged in worship and praise. Jesus always wins. And perhaps this is why the scripture makes it a point to note every time that people chose worship over worry, that they chose praise over their pain and their problems, to note that God showed up and showed out on their behalf. Glory to God. You know the scripture, John 4 and 23. But the hour cometh and now is. Everybody say now is. When the true worshipers. Now if there's such a thing as a true worshiper, it means that there's such a thing as a false worshiper. It says where the true worshiper will worship in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. What happens when God finds what he's looking for? Amen. If you've ever looked for a job, your number one concern was, what are they looking for? The scriptures reveal unto us the intents and the hearts and the purpose and the plan of God. In short, you can know through the scripture what it is that God is looking for. Glory to God. We have the opportunity this morning to be what Jesus is looking for. It says he's looking for worshipers. 
Hallelujah. Oh, that he would find it this morning. Hallelujah. Out here on Fox Hollow Road. Oh, that he would find a worshiper. Hallelujah. Down in your pew. Oh, that this morning. Hallelujah. He would find those whose heart is set toward him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, I see a couple people who came in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. To lift him up and give him glory. Ah, glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. That he would find this morning and every morning hereafter worship in the house. Man, I wish it was, I don't know, Wednesday or 11 a.m. or something. Hallelujah. Or, you know, that it wasn't uh, daylight savings time. Glory to God. (laughs) Amen. Oh, glory to God. (laughs) My Lord. The Bible says that God wants to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is geared Toward him. Now, worship actually means to show forth the worth of. The one being worshipped. How worthy is he? How worthy is Jesus? Worship says to show, ship, show the worth of something or someone. Now, Whatever we fill our hearts with, because we are created to be worshipers. That's why we were created. All things were made by him and for his pleasure. Amen. We are made to worship God. Amen. Amen. But it says in the scripture that he searches for those whose heart is filled, is geared, is is pointed toward him. Why? So that he might show himself strong on their behalf. I'm here to tell you this morning that no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, no matter how dark it is, no matter how hard it is, no matter how you feel, no matter what the doctor says, that if your heart is set toward the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that he will show himself strong on your behalf. People like that understand. That my circumstances and my problems can either be a prison that defines me or they can be a platform for God to show up and show out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of you want to see the sick healed? Amen. We'll send some people got to get sick. Amen. But see, and so the cancer is just an opportunity for God to show that he has authority and power over it. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Uh, Let me tell you one more time. He has authority and power over it. It doesn't matter what it is. He has authority and power over everything. Glory to God. So in Acts chapter 16, you know the scripture, Paul and Silas found themselves in a Philippian jail. They were beaten, they were bruised, and they were left in shackles and in chains in the inner prison. And the scripture says that at the midnight hour, yes, when it was as dark as it could be, yes, when it got as bad as it could, yes, 
when they were at the edge of their road, they began to sing praises. And the scripture says that the earth started to quake. I like to think that it's because they sang a song that God liked and, you know, he got to dancing and tapped his foot. And when he tapped his foot, the whole earth shook. Uh, The scriptures say that everything started to shake and the prison doors were flung open. Now, interesting, um, because that first one, you're like, yeah, I've heard that sermon a million times. But an interesting question to me is why, if the doors were flung wide open, didn't the prisoners run out? It would seem to me that because they were so used to being bound, that even now in their liberty, they didn't notice it. They had been in shackles so long. You've seen the pictures? They were in bondage like this. And even though it was now broken, the yoke was destroyed. The Spirit of God had come into that prison because the Bible says that he inhabits the praises or the spontaneous singing of his people. And so when Paul and Silas decided that in the midst of what they were going through, that they would lift up their voices loud enough so that everyone could hear it, that they would direct their voice and their hearts to God, then the the Bible would make clear that the Spirit of God filled that entire prison. And the scripture says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But yet those who were bound and had been so for a long time didn't even realize it. It seems to me that it's a really good idea every now and then for you to just shout like you really want to. Just to make sure that you still can. (laughs) Hallelujah. It seems like a good idea to me every now and then. You ought to just shake yourself. Make sure I'm not bound. You know, I'm free. I I have liberty in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. It seems like every now and then, some of you ought to just get up and run around the church like you really want to. Hallelujah. Just Just to prove, hallelujah, that you're free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because there's no bondage in the house of the Lord. For we have been set free. For he who the sunsets free is free is free is free indeed <laughs> now if you I took off my glasses so I cannot see <laughs> but if you want to worship but you find yourself not being able to then you're bound and that's spiritual Say, I want to lift my hands, but I can't. That's spiritual a lot of the times. Unless there's some physical reason why you can't. That's spiritual. You say, I want to shout, but I can't. That's spiritual. Now, I want to run. Oh, I wish I'd run. Oh, I'll tell you, if you would have preached for two more minutes, I would have run. That's spiritual. You're bound. But... We do not have the spirit of bondage Uh or of fear. Uh Glory to God. Uh, uh, I I, I, I have to stay there because you got a little quiet. And um, I understand that when you get quiet, I hit the right point. Uh, Hallelujah. We do not have the spirit of bondage or of fear. 
He who the Son sets free is free indeed. And because of the Spirit of God, which dwells within each and every one of you, hallelujah, we have liberty. Uh, let me say it this way. You ought to be clapping. You ought to be dancing. You ought to be shouting. Why? Because he's worthy. Hallelujah. And you're able. Woo! Hallelujah. And let me tell you how it works. One of you operates in their freedom and it liberates the person next to you. They say, well, she's dancing. I'll dance too. They're shouting. I'll shout too. They're running. I'll run too. I wish somebody this morning, hallelujah, would exercise their freedom. Oh, glory. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now, this is a message for another time, but the word hallelujah means to praise him with exuberance. It actually means to act silly for God. A lot of the times, our hallelujah is more of a Can you imagine I said, when I say praise the Lord, what we really mean is praise the Lord. So if I was speaking Hebrew to you and I said, hallelujah, you would hear, act silly before the Lord. You imagine me coming and saying, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> we have the opportunity to set the atmosphere each and every morning and each and every time we come into the house of God. And I'm telling you today that it is our responsibility, 10 a.m. service, to set the atmosphere for the service which is to come. Hallelujah. Amen. It's our responsibility during praise and worship to usher in the presence of God. Not to wait for it to be ushered in. But to usher it in, you, the priest of God, are supposed to bear the Ark of the Covenant. Somebody say, it's on my shoulders. Uh-huh, it's on you. You can't be waiting. Well, I'll wait till Sister Brittany sings the right note, and I'll wait until they sing my song, and I'll wait until they say that thing that touches me in the right place. This is not an emotional thing. This is about how good and how great God is and giving him what he deserves. <laughs> Glory to God. You say, well, I don't like to shout. doesn't matter. He likes it when you do. He it says, it's not my culture to clap. Doesn't matter. It's his culture to have you clap. Hallelujah. It's not my culture to dance. Doesn't matter. It's his. Huh? This is not a Pentecostal thing. This is not an apostolic thing. This is a Jesus thing. One more couple of verses, then I'll, I'll come to where I was going. Uh, the scripture says that David danced where? Before the Ark of the Covenant. Now, he would not have fit in well with us Pentecostals because we want the Ark to move, and then we will move. We say, Jesus, move me, and I'll move. Our favorite scripture is, none of these things move me. But David's attitude was, 
I'm going to bring the presence of God into Jerusalem. Now, this is a message for another time, but there is a difference between your emotions and your heart. The scripture says that we're supposed to worship God with our whole heart because we're Westerners. You know, we think that that means with our emotions, you know, so I got to get all emotional. And until I'm if I'm not crying, then then I can't do it. And if they don't hit the right note, then I can't do it. But actually, worship is about up here. When the scripture talks about heart, it actually means your mind. And so when he says worship with all of your heart, it means cast all your burdens, all your cares, all your thoughts on him. And then in obedience, respond. Okay, I'm going to give you three seconds to think about that. Hallelujah. And I'm going to ask you a question and I need you to respond. How great is your God? Has he ever healed you? Has he ever made a way? Is he worthy? Is he worthy of honor? Is he worthy of glory? Is he worthy of praise? Come on, you do it at the basketball game when they score a basket. Hallelujah. He's scored some eternal baskets. Hallelujah. You do it when your child does something great. How great is our God? How marvelous is he? Come on, somebody ought to shout. Somebody ought to clap. Somebody ought to twirl. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody ought to speak in tongues right now. Hallelujah. Give God what he deserves. Come on, keep going. Let me just tell you, you never distract a preacher by worshiping. That is what we're here for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Keep going, keep going. I feel the presence of God coming into this place. If you're weak, grab the hand of the person next to you and worship together. Do what you need to do to give him glory, to give him honor, to give him praise. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Blessed be your name. Oh. we're going to take dominion this morning and forevermore you can be seated if you want to over the spirit of bondage in our worship hallelujah Every time we come through these doors, it ought to be red hot in worship. You ought to pray yourself hot, hallelujah, then empty yourself in worship in this altar every single service. Glory. Now I'll say something I said earlier, and I'll keep saying it. You could never distract us by worshiping. Am I right, Pastor? They could not, you could not distract us. You could run 25 laps around this and fall down in the front after you've, just because you're tired, not because the spirit hits you or anything. And it wouldn't make any difference. I'd keep on preaching. Amen. You cannot distract you because a lot of the times I know you're sitting intent to hear the word. But sometimes the word has been spoken and you've heard it. It's time for you to respond. 
May I tell you, people can get filled with the Holy Ghost, not just in altar service, but during worship service. People can get filled with the Holy Ghost while the preacher's preaching. Hallelujah. People can be healed while the preacher's preaching. Hallelujah. The scripture says that Peter went to preach and while he was speaking, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them. Hallelujah. We can do that here. Glory to God. Oh, one more, then I'll come to my main scripture, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 17 um, through 18. It says, this is what God says to Jehoshaphat, you shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head and his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And when they began to sing, verse 22, the Lord set ambushments, everybody say ambushments, against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. I'm coming to a close. They were outnumbered. They were overwhelmed. Their backs were against the wall. But Jehoshaphat and the people sought the face of God. And God said, don't worry about it. Worship. And as they began to worship, the Lord, from amongst the camp of the enemy, set a great victory. Who is this, Isaiah would say, that comes from Edom with his garments dyed in the blood of his enemies? He's walking with swagger. He's walking victorious, heavy loaded with benefits, walking toward his people. Who is this? And the Lord responds and says, it is I, the Lord, who is mighty to save. It's me coming from behind the enemy lines to bring victory to my people. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Notice in the scripture, our main scripture scripture of today that Jesus is prefigured coming from behind enemy lines already having won the victory and you didn't see it but as you lifted up your eyes and as you lifted up your hands and as you lifted up your voice you began to see him afar off coming from the thing that was troubling you coming from the situation you were facing Coming to meet you where you are, having already defeated the thing you're worrying about. I'm talking today about triumph. So here's my message if you'll hear it. We do not worship for triumph. We worship from triumph. So when we say worship... It's not worship so you can be healed. It's worship because you have been healed. It's not worship so you get an answer. It's worship because you have the answer. 
You're just waiting for it to manifest. Hallelujah. That that son of yours shall be turned to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That that body of yours shall be healed. Hallelujah. That that family member shall be saved. Hallelujah. That no plague will draw nigh your dwelling. I'm talking about a God who is victorious in all things. And we worship him. Oh, yes. Glory. Stand to your feet with me. What worship does is it connects us with the eternal God. The reason why our enemy would try to keep us from worshiping, keep us distracted in the weeds of life, keep us distracted in the weeds of your worries and preoccupations and media and the news and keep your mind so occupied with so much else is that once you get a hold of the eternal, the devil can do nothing. He cannot contend with the presence of Almighty God. And when we worship... And when we praise, we get a hold of something that is unshakable and unmovable and unstoppable. This morning, I can tell you with great surety that God has every intention of filling with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, moving in our midst. Hallelujah. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I know it will. I know he's willing and I know he's able, but it's all dependent on us setting the atmosphere for God to move. So my charge for you in, 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 in leaving this service is let's prepare a place where he can dwell. Dwell upon these uplifted arms, God. Dwell in my lifted praise. Hallelujah. And it might be different for everyone. One of you might weep and wail. One of you might run and jump. One of you might twirl and shout. But it's when we do it all together. Hallelujah. It makes a chorus, a sound of many waters. Hallelujah. So let's go back to what David said. Clap your hands, O ye people. But when you clap, add your voices in harmony hallelujah and shout shout because he's already won the victory shout with the voice of triumph because the lord jesus is triumphant shout hallelujah shout Just a little bit longer, just a little bit longer. Jesus, you're great. Hallelujah. In this atmosphere, you could be healed right now. In this atmosphere, you can be delivered. In this atmosphere, you could be set free. Come on, shout. Hallelujah for the triumph is yours. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, glory, glory. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Amen. Get ready for the next service because I see the hand, a small cloud like the size of a man's hand. Hallelujah. Are you excited for what God is about to do? Amen and amen. God bless you in Jesus' name. so glad that you tuned into today's message. 
While we hope that you were ministered to, we also believe in being connected to a local church. Our desire is that this ministry would supplement and not substitute the vision cast by the leadership that God has placed in your life. You can support us by leaving us a review, and for additional information, visit thefamilylife.org.